Okay. All right. Here we go. Um, thanks for the clock, guys. All right. I think we're doing pretty good. We somehow have gotten all right on time here. So here's what's going on. Okay. Welcome to the culmination of our 21 days of prayer. For those of you who don't know what 21 days of prayer is, it is just something that we're doing based on some scriptures that we came across three weeks ago. So this is the last, this is 21 days later. So this is the last thing that we're doing on it. But the bottom line is, is that three weeks ago we ran across a scripture where Jesus was teaching his disciples, one of the last things he taught them was how to pray. And he taught them how to pray in a way that is pretty weird. Because what he said was, is I want you to be like a persistent widow who has had an injustice happen to them. And then he used a parable and he said, look, this widow has this unjust judge. And she is going to him and bugging him so much that the judge responds to her, not because their case is right, but because she's bugged him. And what he's saying is, is I want you to be like that with me. I want you to be pressing into me so hard. I'm not the unjust judge. I want this. But I will answer. And he says, I will answer quickly. Now, why did he do that? This is important for what we're going to do today. Why did he do that? It's real simple. Free will. God made all of creation and he gave it to mankind. He said, you now have dominion over it. It's not to say that God still doesn't have ultimate control. He does. But he said, I'm giving you dominion and I'm giving you free will. And what we did was, is we said, great, thanks. And then we walked off our own direction. We did not do what God wanted done with it. We went our own direction. When we did that, we essentially gave it away to Satan. What God is doing is, is he's redeeming, restoring all of it. And the way that he's doing it is by a lot of people who don't know God or can continue to choose their own way and go that way. A lot of people who do know God are going to continue to go their own way and choose to go that way. But there are people who are going to understand that God's way is better than theirs and they're going to so want it that they're going to cry out in a pleading way like that widow. Not casually, not, oh God, you will be done and leave it at that. But literally, God, you promised such and such would happen and it did not happen. Why? What's going on? God, cause it to happen. And God is telling us to come before him continually and faithfully to do that. Because, think about it this way. There are a whole lot of people that are choosing one way. And he's saying, are there people that are choosing my way? Now, the cool thing that God did in all of this was, he didn't start it with what he wanted. He started it with what you wanted. The unjust widow was pleading for herself. She wasn't pleading for world peace. She was saying, there's an injustice been done to me. And God is doing something. And this is what I like to call the God of the parking spaces. When you first meet the Lord, the relationship begins to develop and you are blown away by God. In... The thing that happens, and if you are not saved and you are listening to me, know that this is true, and everybody in here that's ever experienced God knows that this is true. And that is when you first meet God, everything is different, and he's just so intimate and so close. You're like, I didn't even know you existed, and now here you are, and like everything. Even to the point that I can ask you about these really stupid little things like a parking space. 
I'm late for a dinner date because I've never been late to anything. I'm late for a dinner date. I was supposed to pick up some bread and I'm, I'm saying, oh God, I'm late and don't let me any later. Could I please have a parking space, you know, real close to the door? And sure enough, you take the corner into the grocery store and the person that has the closest possible space, not the handicapped one, but the closest possible space backs out and you follow their tail into that spot, right? And that's the God of the parking spaces. And that's what life is like in Christ for a season of time. Now, ultimately, what God is doing in this is, is he's trying to teach you, I know everything you want. And I can give you everything you want. That's how it starts. You need to know that, or you don't know that God is the one who causes all things to work together for good, and you don't know that God is good. You just don't know that. You've heard about it, but you haven't experienced it. But when you experience God giving you a parking space or two and a whole lot of other things, you start realizing how good he is and how much he is in control and how much he answers all prayers. And at that point in time, you start trusting him, which is to say more deeply, you start loving him. Now, remember though, the kind of love that you're getting is a love because of what you want. So you gotta get a little deeper at some point, right? So the relationship matures. And God takes you from the season where he's showing you that he knows even the silliest little things. And he can do them for you. And then he starts taking you to the things where you don't really want them. <laughs> you know? But they're better for you. And you may have a sense that they're better for you. Or you may just think they aren't. But either way, they are. And God is saying, do you trust me? See, I knew everything you needed. I knew everything you wanted. I gave it to you. Are you going to trust me when I take you places that you don't want to go? Because I'm telling you at the end of them, you're going to find out what, I was, what it really all meant, and then you're going to be blown away yet again. Much more so. Now you're going to fall in love with God on a whole nother level, aren't you? He started giving you things you didn't even want because he knows you so beautifully. Now you're starting to love him. It is still about self, but you're starting to love him for who he is in a much deeper way. And then you're going to get to another phase, aren't you? And that phase is going to be, as every Christian in here that has walked with him for any length of time knows, that phase is going to be that something is happening in your life or someone that you love that is critical, usually a health scare, whatever, that is critical. And you pray for it and pray for it and pray for it, and you even get what you think to be words about what God's going to do. And you stand on it and you believe for it. This God that I can trust because he knows parking spaces, I'm trusting him here. And then the person dies. And then you have to make a decision. He doesn't do this for nothing. He's got a plan behind it, you don't see it. But the bottom line is when that happens, you have to make a decision. There's one of three options. The first one is, I guess I just don't know God at all and I can't trust myself and so I'm just never going to pray for anything again. I'm never going to stand like that. Whatever your will is, Lord, you just do it. Now, when you do that, are you a pleader? Right? You're not pressing into anything. You don't know what he wants. You're not even trying. You're just trying to stay at a safe distance and you end up not being who he wants you to be. Who he's asked you to be in a world that needs somebody to speak out. Right? Number two is really tough 
you can say, I can't trust God. In fact, there's whole theologies that have developed around this. You can, read a, you can read books about this. It turns out, they say, God isn't actually that powerful. So bad stuff happens. It's just part of life. That is utter lie from the pit of hell. That is unbelievably untrue. The third thing you can do is you can do what Peter did when Jesus, having walked on water and done everything that he did, and the people found him the next day, and he said, I want you to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people said, that's gross, and left. And he turned to his disciples, and he says, what are you going to do? And Peter, God bless Peter. Peter said, you have the truth. Where are we going to go? And then he explained it to him. He didn't understand, but he went to God as the only answer. And in so doing, he discovered another layer entirely to God, that it's all about God. I still love one of my favorite sermons of all time was Dave Brunk in the Song of Solomon. And three times she says the words, I am my beloved's. And the first two times she adds the words, and my beloved's is mine. Phase one and phase two, where you don't really know God. But it's okay because it's as much as you know and you're entered into it and you fall in love. But in the third time, the bride says, I am my beloved's. Meaning, oh my gosh. <laughs> it turns out not to be about me at all. It turns out he's doing incredibly wonderful, beautiful, magnificent things for me but in ways that are utterly beyond me. That's when you fall in love with God. Just like a marriage, right? Different phases, different seasons that you go into. So this is what that pleading is all about. He's saying, I need you to start a certain place. And here's what I've said to you. I've said that I believe that we're in a season right now. Now we have set up that season as 21 days of prayer, but it's not a 21 day season. I think it started somewhere around the beginning of this year. And my guess is, and it's a total guess, don't hold me to it, but my guess is it's gonna last about the year. That's just as I've prayed about it a lot. It feels to me like God has opened a window. He's pulled back a curtain and he's doing something right now. He's letting you experience him yet again afresh as the God of the parking spaces. He's saying, what is the thing from which you most need to be rescued? What is it? Let me do things with you in that. Maybe not even answer it, but let me do things with you in that that cause you to learn about me again and to trust me again, that cause you to start becoming active in your seeking of me again. That was the 21 days of prayer which we got from Daniel, right? Who, what did he do? He said, God, there's this promise, but what you've done is the, the nation of Judah has been roughly all of us exiled to Babylon, or at least all the leadership, and there's just a few people left. We're in Babylon now, and there is no more Judah, and yet you have all these promises about Judah. How's that supposed to work? And so for 21 days, he's saying, what's up, God? And after the 21st day, an angel comes to him, and the angel says, God heard you on the first day. Just want to make that clear. God heard you immediately. But there is stuff that withstands. Does that take you a little deeper on why you need to press in? There is stuff out there that's withstanding, and it's not your works that get it, but he's asking you to be faithful. 
He's asking you to be the persistent one. He's asking you to come to him in a certain spirit, which was the second parable we looked at, which is this one with the tax collector and the, and the Pharisee. And he's saying, don't be like the Pharisee saying that you've done what it took in order to get the good stuff from God. Be like a tax collector who says, you're my only hope. I know who I am and I know who you are. And the difference is everything. And I don't deserve anything. And I'm coming to you for all. Help me. See what he's doing? He's stripping us down. And we have a season, an open window here. But if God opened a window, that implies something, doesn't it? Think about it. If God opened a window, it implies that we needed a window opened. That this process of learning parking spaces and then going to deeper and then going to deeper still, it's not working. And he's got to take us back to square one to recapture our hearts, to recapture our love, to recapture us actually walking in that path. So thank you, God, right? But you could say, well, then if I miss it, God's going to come back again later and I'll pick it up then. But don't, don't ever forget that the Bible is a book about people that God gave extensive opportunities to enter into him. But eventually, he said, you made your bed, lie in it. Right? I mean, this is the Israelites. The 10 tribes and the northern tribes never did come to God for hundreds of years, and they're gone to this day. There's, there's no, those 10 tribes are gone. The two tribes, Judah, God brings them back 70 years later miraculously, praise God. But the bottom line is, what happened after Jesus? God came to them. This is your last chance, guys. They didn't get it. And they were done. Within one generation of Jesus dying, it was over. And until 1947, there wasn't a nation of Israel at all. Right? So what that means is, is when God's giving us a window, we better pay attention. In fact, the way that God ended that persistent widow's prayer was, is what he said, and you can all start praying right now that technology works. And it didn't. Would you click for me? When the Son of Man, Son of Man comes, will he find that faith on earth? See, will he find people that trusted me, that loved me, and that grew in me? Will he find that? Will he? Because the fact that he's asking it implies that there's a real question. <laughs> there's an issue. So be aware. So I've said that there's a season. I've said that God's answering prayers. I've said that God is a God who answers prayers. I'm the professional. I can tell you that until I'm blue in the face. You listen to it. You might be inspired all the way to the door on your way out. But then it's lunchtime and you're with other people and it all goes away. Not, not, it's not a slam. It's just how we are. So we're going to do something different today than me telling you all this. We're going to tell each other all this. We're going to talk about what's happened in the 21 days of prayer. I need you to be praying. We're going to pray for the sermon here in one moment. But it's not a sermon. It's going to be a discussion. And I need you to pray. And if you're an introvert, can I be any more clear than this? We need to hear from you. If you're afraid to speak, we need to hear from you. You have a unique, important perspective that we need to hear from. 
So please, if you're the kind of person that's good with talking, do me a favor. Skip a beat or two to let people whose hands go up more slowly go up so that we can get a good mix. Because we want to hear from you too, of course. But do you catch a drift? Right? So we're going to have a discussion after the prayer. I'm just reading one scripture to you and then we're going to jump into it. But this is an important moment. This is a moment when we need to hear if God really does answer prayer. Okay? Hopefully, by his anointing of this moment, by the way, well, perfect Sunday for all this tech to go down. I don't have 40 slides like I normally do and all this. I want us to have a family moment like we were having where we really do build each other up in faith is how the word talks about it, right? Lift each other up. Stories, exhortations, okay? Who's our prayer? Joel Pelly, phenomenal. How, did you pick him? He, he doesn't know. But Joel's gonna be the second person that's gonna talk today. I, that's amazing. God's amazing. You Thank you, God, already. Joel, pray for this that God really inhabit it and that he get across in the deepest way what he's trying to do. Father God, we come to you today just humble and grateful and thankful for your blessings, for your unending grace, the mercy that you have for us, the love that you have for us, and the joy that you just continue to want to pour out in our lives. And I'm just in awe of and inspired by and impressed by the way you work, Lord, because we often don't see it. It's, it's often difficult to understand and to, to know where you're going and know where you're moving, but you just keep showing us over and over again, if we have faith and we press in and we go with you, that you will deliver us you will bring us to a place of peace and it's just amazing and, and unbelievable and I'm just blown away by it every time Lord Amen. and I pray today Lord that as we just share with each other Lord that you'll just make yourself evident you'll make your work evident you'll open people's eyes and open people's hearts and ears to hear and just let people experience what you're doing Amen. and how you're doing it and help us understand more deeply the ways in which you do it so that for people who haven't reached those places yet and haven't hit those points yet, that they're also inspired to continue the journey and to be on the path with you, Lord. Amen. And to stick it through. And Lord, today we just pray for that. And we pray for those words to flow freely for everyone. And Lord, I lift up Marina Christian Fellowship, um, church down in Marina Del Rey, uh, California. It's, it's the church that brought Hannah and I back to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And it's the church that, that we found our first church home in uh, as a couple. Thank and you, Lord. They're just a beautiful church with a beautiful body, much like this one. Real people, honest people, just trying to do your will every day, Lord, and, and go on this journey with you and have that faith. Thank you, Lord. So we pray for them. In your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. That was a beautiful prayer, and I just need to tell a quick story, which is, um, so Joel and I are in a threefold, and we usually go to a restaurant, Panera or wherever, and buy tong sometimes, which I like better than Panera, but uh, we'll go to a restaurant and we'll pray at the end. And I mean, we really will pray. We don't just do a two-minute prayer. We pray. 
for each other. And when we first started doing that, Joel was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and now here we are in the middle of Baitong, and everybody's got their eyes closed, and people are rocking around us, and Joel is just praying just like that. God moves. He does one beautiful thing. So here's a scripture. Okay. Uh, I don't think, I don't know what, what I'm doing. Um, okay, here we go. Some people were even bringing him infants so they might, this is the next passage. They were bringing him infants so that he might touch them. When the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. And Jesus, however, invited them. Let the little children come to me and don't stop them. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. What's the difference between a little child and an adult? What's the difference? Trust. That's it, right? Trust. A little child looks at their parent, even in this broken world where the parent doesn't deserve it, and they trust them completely, right? God deserves it, and he's asking us to be that way. Trust me. I am trying to take you places, some of which you don't want to go, but trust me. So that's what we're doing here today is learn to trust him, right? This is this whole process, this window being open, learning how to trust him again at a fundamental level, build everything on that. So with that in mind, here's our discussion. First, we're going to look for testimonies about what, if anything, God has done to you during this 21 days and or during this season of answering prayer. So I'm really looking for, since the beginning of the year to now, stories of answered prayer, that he's moving now. However, having said that, there are going to be a few stories that are worth being told that have to do with, if, we, if our goal is to really help us see that God does answer his prayer, and you've got one that's outside of that window, God answered your prayer some years ago, tell us that story. Now do me a favor, any really good story has a lot of context in it. We might not have time for the 15-minute story, Right? So could you just do me a favor and work on how to give us enough of a sense of it so that we get the magnificence of the answer, but that it's also a couple of minutes and I will be helping you, okay? Did, did we hear that? Okay? If you hear me starting to go, if I'm sighing or yawning or no, if I'm, if I'm saying okay or something, I'm trying to sort of say thank you and I'm helping you, okay? I know that public speaking is interesting. Eventually, we are going to talk a little bit about what happens when God doesn't answer prayer, because that's just going to come out in some of them. But I've done many, many, many sermons on this. You can get those elsewhere, so that's not a big focus for today. But that's important. That's part of it, but not a big today. And then ultimately, what are we learning about God during this season? Okay. So Lord, in Jesus' name, meet us, speak. God, I'm asking you that the people that I call on are exactly the right people in the right order, that no one would be offended by that and that you would tell a story through it. One to another, to another, to another, building upon one another until, God, we come to the revelation, until we come to the experience, until we come to owning that you are the God that answers prayer, that you love us in every single way and that you've got it all in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have two runners. Who are they? Okay, God, thank you. Now, you guys have been told, don't just because somebody has their hand up, let me call on them because there are some things that I want to do here and I, I just want to let the Lord lead this process. So don't be offended if I'm not calling on you. I'm just trying to get it right in the Lord. Did you want to go first? Thank you. 
So, all right. Now, this is a little broader story. This is about this whole thing, and that you came up with this last time. You got to stand up, give us oh, your name. Okay. Okay. And um, then turn around since you're right. I'm Becca Joe. Um, and I felt a release to share this story last Sunday, and Kurt invited me to share it now. Um, some time ago, I was at a, um, a worship um, night. Um, I couldn't even tell you who, who it was. Um, but I, I had this moment where I was just sitting there, and I was like, God, do you really love me? I mean, do you love me? Do you, you know, kind of deal? And, and I just kind of had this, like, out of my head moment where it was like, you know, like, you don't understand how much I love you. Before I made this world, I was thinking of you. You were in my heart. And this is how much I love you. When, when, um, so if you know me, you know I like knitting and crocheting. So like when people first started creating things out of yarn, I thought of you. So I, and he took me, you know, down that path and it's just like, you are 100% my focus. God doesn't ask us to do anything that he isn't already doing with us. Amen. And I think we, need to just take a couple of seconds for us to just sit there and listen to him because we are individually not corporately individually we are 100% his focus we are 100% his focus he died on the cross for me Amen. he died on the cross for you individually not corporately that's beautiful thank you now I have one more that's already in this queue and then I'm and then we're opening up so Joel I, I, I may ask a question or two, too, but go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> I'm back. So, Joel Pelly. Um, so, uh, just a couple real quick points of context so you understand the, the story better. Um, number one, uh, what I'm going to talk about is I, I don't hear from God like other people have spoken about or do. I, that just doesn't really happen for me, especially not hearing him speak to me. It uh, does not happen. Um, really for me that's not how it works so far in our relationship um, secondly um, I'm I'm the kind of person who as much as I and I'm happy to talk and I do that for my job and it's a lot of stuff with a lot of people so I am an introvert but I'm very verbal um, at the same time there is a thousand times more conversation going on in my head than outside so for me uh, it's insanely difficult to quiet my inner voice and to stop hearing myself going through everything about my day or work or whatever else it is, right? So just two points of context. So um, we've been doing the 21 days of prayer and I was praying for uh, basically around work. Uh, I've been frustrated. I've been struggling with some stuff. I am 10 times more overloaded than I ever should be. Uh, and called upon to do more daily, and, and it's just been tough, and I work with some tough people, and so I've just been really frustrated, and it's been really getting to me. And so I asked God to, in the 21 days of prayer, just praying very simply, God, work on my attitude, right? Work on my attitude, and what I've asked him to do specifically is help, help me to have his heart in the workplace, help me to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me in the workplace and in my work, and uh, so that I would hear and then do those things and speak those things and then help me be more, as best I can, a model like Jesus 
in the workplace in terms of how I act and behave and what I do and everything. And I've been praying that the, the three times a day um, throughout the whole process. And every day gets a little better. Every day, you know, comes and goes, and some days are good and some days are bad. But this week, um, I was really sick. I got a horrible cold, and it was knocked down Friday night last, last week. Um, and I was home um, all week this past week, just literally down. Um, and for me, that's completely unusual. And by Thursday night, I was just sick of it. Um, and I was in bed, and I was tossing and turning like crazy. And it was 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and I still couldn't fall asleep. And so this is all happening, and I'm just praying and praying and praying, and I'm trying to pray, and I can't get it working in my head. It's not happening because work comes in, and this comes in, and that comes in, and just all this stuff. And so finally, I'm like, i got to pray out loud. <laughs> it's the only way it's going to stop happening in my head, and I'm going to stop losing track. And then I, I just felt compelled. This doesn't happen. I felt compelled to get up and kneel beside the bed. So I'm like, okay. So I did. I, I got up and I kneeled beside the bed. And then I just had my hands clasped, uh, uh, leaning on the bed, and uh, I just was quiet. And I was silent, and my head actually went silent, which is just, it just doesn't happen. Um, and then I just started to uh, see images of um, nature, things I really love. Um, so places I've been um, outdoors growing up in New Hampshire, uh, in the White Mountains, um, places we've been here, and the, just the beauty and the scenery, the Grand Canyon, uh, places I've been overseas and in other countries, all these places outdoors, nature really pretty, really beautiful. Right, and that's what I started to see. And then I started to hear words, two, three, four at a time, roughly. And it was a prayer, um, for sure, but I wasn't coming up with them. They were not my words. And so I just was supposed to pray them out loud. So I'm like, sure. So I prayed them out loud. And, and it turned into this prayer about, at first it was about being thankful to him uh, for the 21 days of prayer, for changing my attitude being thankful about my family and, uh, and, and what's going on and praying for our health. But also it became this prayer about, um, he, he just compelled me to pray about um, my job and about what I might do there. And the prayer was all around um, praying for literally the earth. It's a big prayer. Um, it's rather large praying for the earth, and I think it connected back to the images I was seeing of nature and beauty and all these things, and specifically praying for two things, freedom for the earth and healing for the earth. Those are the two things I, I felt compelled to pray over and over again, so that's what I prayed, and that was, that's the gist of it, that's the whole thing, and with two very specific words, pray for the earth and pray for freedom and pray for healing, and that's what he had me pray. So I did that, and after that, I kind of calmed down. And I'm like, great, I finally fell asleep, 11-something at night, probably. Um, so that was it, and I thought, well, that's really interesting. This has never happened to me before, to do that and have that happen in that fashion and actually get words to pray, and it was a complete prayer, and it wasn't mine. Um, so that was just amazing uh, and super weird because I felt tremendously awkward doing it, let me just tell you, because that doesn't happen for me. So I felt ridiculous kneeling beside my bed saying the words out loud that were coming into my head that were not mine. Okay, that's just also kind of just me. Um, and so the next morning, I got up, it was Friday morning this week, 
uh, two days ago. And I finally felt like I had some energy for the first time all week. Um, my nose wasn't as stuffy, my head wasn't as blocked up, and I felt better. And so I said, well, you know what, today I guess I'm going to sit down, I'm going to log on my computer finally, I'm going to open my email and try to catch up on the week that I've missed at work and hopefully get ready for next week. And so when I went in to do that, I opened my email and I went to log on and, and I have both my corporate email and my personal email in the same setup. And so when I did that, um, I said, you know what, I don't want to look at my work email first before I handle my personal email and the odd chance that people have reached out to me and they need to check something. And so I just clicked and said, only personal email first. At the top of my personal inbox was an email from a recruiter at another company. And the recruiter had reached out to me because a friend of mine who I talked to a couple of weeks ago had recommended me for a position at another company. Um, that in this company is literally, their goal is to change the way we farm globally. So that's their mission. Their mission is to change the way globally that we farm and we provide food for people. To provide more nutritious, more healthy food for people, fruits and vegetables, that kind of stuff, in a way that uses far less uh, water, soil, no pesticides, all this other stuff. And that, that's their mission, that's what they wanna do, right? So I don't know where that's going, but hilariously I said to the recruiter, okay, that's interesting, sure, let's talk. And then he called me and was like, let's talk now. And so we had this fabulous conversation uh, about the role, about the company, all this other stuff, and all this happened on Friday, out of the blue. I, and, and the hilarious thing was I didn't recognize the name of the company. And as I was researching them and trying to figure out before I have this call and look at it, I then connected the fact that this company had changed names. They were a startup and they had had a name previously and I had read an article about them two years ago. I remembered the article, I remembered what they were doing and very specifically I remembered saying, that's amazing, I wish I could do that, they're gonna change the world. And that was two years ago. And I probably read it in like a Delta magazine or something while I was traveling for work. I mean, it was totally unintentional. It's not like I picked up a magazine about farming. I was like, I really want to read about this. And, you know, and it, it's just not how it happened. So I guess the point in all this, and I don't know where that's going. I'm thankful for the opportunity. It was a phenomenal conversation, really inspiring. And maybe nothing comes out of it other than the fact that I learned to listen when I was told to do something, which I'm kind of bad at. Um, you know, in terms of being stubborn, uh, and, and especially when this is something un tremendously unusual for me and also uncomfortable, right? But I did it. I got up out of bed. I felt compelled. I got up. I kneeled. I prayed, and I prayed specific words that I heard that were not my own. Thank you. Right? So I listened, and I did what I was told. Thank you. Not knowing where it was going, completely unexpectedly, and it wasn't a prayer about me or for me. It was actually a prayer about the earth and for the earth. Right? There was nothing in it for me, in that prayer at all. But I did it, and that's the first point. And the second point is that then suddenly an opportunity occurred. Right? Something, something immediately came out of my willingness to do something that I'm completely, generally unwilling to and uncomfortable in doing, but did in faith, because I thought, this is the right thing to do. It's Amen. clearly God speaking. I'm going to do it. Amen. Right? And so that happened. And I'm not saying that that would happen every time or whatever. That's how it goes. But that's just what happened. Thank you, Joel. And the third most interesting thing is, 
Yep, nope, sorry. <laughs> and, and, and my third point, no, but the, the third point is, going back to what Kurt was saying earlier and going back to what's super, super, super hard for me as a Christian, especially, is that my expectation is that in, in the way the relationship has been with God, and I think, I think since coming to this church very specifically, we've been here about four and a half years, um, that this is where I know I'm finally actually getting to build a relationship with God for the first time. And, and I've been a Christian since, you know, my, my parents, my mom's here this morning. Our, our parents raised us as Christians. We were raised in evangelical churches in the East Coast, and I, I grew up going to church, so it's not like I it didn't have a good foundation, but the relationship is different because of this church, because of our relationships, because of what's happened here and what I know will continue to happen here, which I'm super grateful for. And so the, the point being is that my expectation is he is the God of parking spaces, and then if I pray, then the next day, something's going to happen, right? And 99.999% of the time, first of all, I can barely get through the prayer because of the clutter in my own head, and I'm not sure what I'm really praying for is effective anyway. And the second thing is that thing doesn't happen the next day. And this time I prayed unexpectedly. It wasn't for me, and something did happen the next day. And the interesting thing about that, and the third point in the connection was, it was about something that had happened to me, that I had had actually a personal interaction with two years prior when I read that article, and I looked at that company, and I thought, wow, that's interesting. They're going to do something. They're going to change the world. And it was two years, apparently, that he was working on that, that I had no clue because I forgot about it. Cool. Thank you. I, I want to say, I want to say, though, look, I asked him. So he was prepared for this. So I expected it to be longer. And thank you for that. I'm telling you, it's an amazing thing. When I heard the story, I went, this is that window I'm talking about. There's a window that's open right now. So are you good or are we good? Did I interrupt you? Did I, I cut off a fourth point? I, I'm not going to do a song and dance. Okay, then we're good. Not going to happen. <laughs> All right. Michelle, you no. have your hand up. Thank you, Joel. Thank you. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Joel. That was phenomenal. Thank you. Hi, I'm Michelle Abling. Uh, first thing I want to say is I'm from the country in Tennessee. That's going to come into play in my story. And the, the main part of my story actually happened the weekend before we started our 21 days. So to go back a little bit, my father got, became ill. I think he was ill for about four years three or four years, I believe, he, he came down with a very rare blood disease. So kind of this past, this past fall, past winter, and over, over the years, over that time, kind of have some high points, like, okay, it's looking really good, this treatment is working, and then suddenly, no, like, insurance won't pay for that. Or, you know, it's like, suddenly it's just not working anymore, what have you, ups and downs for four years. So this past fall, winter, my mom started calling me and she was like, I really need you to pray because I'm praying and nothing's happening. And I'll pray and I'll pray and I'll pray for him to get better and just nothing is happening. So I need you to pray instead. So I could tell she was getting discouraged and she, her, her trust in God and him answering prayers was faltering and that got me I was like okay that's not right that's not right Lord we got to do something about this <laughs> Lord you're gonna have to come through I don't know if my father's gonna make it or not you know that's in your hands but 
we have got to do something about my mother's faith in you in prayer. So uh, it turned out that my father actually did pass away in January. My eldest son and I were able to get there just a few hours before he passed, so we were able to see him. But while I was down there, I had scheduled a full week, and I sat down with my mom for a while, and I said, now, I know you've got a lot of stuff to take care of, a lot of paperwork, a lot of this and that, but what do you need me to pray for specifically? And she said, well, you know, we, they have land out in the country, not, nothing like the Brunk family, <laughs> but out, I grew up in the country, so they had acreage, and they had a lot of horses, they had already sold, and they had, I think, 11 horses, and they had already sold nine of them, but there were still two horses left. There were still 60, no, 90 bales of hay, and if you know anything about bales of hay, they are about, each Huge. one is probably, this stage would probably hold two or three of them. Yeah. So she had 60 in the barn, 30 out in the field. She's like, I'm really concerned about selling the ones that are already out in the field. They've been sitting outside. And I don't, she's like, I don't know how to get people to buy my things. She's not on the internet. She's not, she's like, there's, you know, stuff you can do, but I'm really not comfortable with strangers coming to my house and knowing that I'm here alone. So I stopped her and I said, you know what? This is what I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God is going to bring the people to you. God is going to bring you people who already need and want what you have. He is going to bring you people you know, and he's going to bring people that they know. So they're going to come to these people, and the people that you know will say, I've got somebody. So you're not going to have str total strangers, you know, you're not inviting them to your house. So the weekend before we started our prayer, she calls me. And she says, you know what, like right after you left, right after you went back, the next Wednesday night at church, Anne, this girl at church, came running over to her and said, Miss Linda, I heard you had some hay for sale. And she said, yes. And she said, well, Anne's daddy owns sort of a feed mill type of store. She said, my daddy can help you sell that. She runs the office at the store. We've got customers all the time, so we will take your 60 bales of hay that are in your barn. <laughs> so, um, and then the, she said, but that's not all. She said, my neighbor called me and said, Linda, there's a cowboy in your front yard. <laughs> she was like, okay, so she looked outside and there was indeed a cowboy in her yard. It turns out somewhere in town, a bull had gotten loose and had ended up in my mama's yard. <laughs> and this cowboy is sort of a cowboy for hire, so the owner of the bull called him up and said, hey, you need to go rope my bull and bring him back. And the bull had torn up some of the fences in, uh, on her land, and the, the owner showed up and he said, I'm really sorry, I will come this afternoon and I will fix your fences. And um, while he was out there, he said, the 30 rolls were still out in the, the field. He said, what are you planning on doing with, those, with all that hay? And those hay rings, these huge metal rings that you put the hay inside so the animals don't trample it and ruin it. She said, well, I need to sell it. He said, well, how much do you want for it? 
She said, I really don't know. Make me an offer. <laughs> she goes, Michelle, he gave me three times what I was going to ask for that. <laughs> So he bought all that hay that she was worried about. He bought the hay ring, so all the hay is gone, all the stuff that she was concerned about. One of my dad's hospice nurses came this last, last Sunday after church and picked up the last two horses. She bought them. So all the things wow. that my mom was concerned about, and the best thing was when she called to tell me about the bull and the cowboy, oh, the bull had not torn down any of the fences where he left, he had, I said, well, did they catch the bull? And she's like, no. I said, is he still in your yard? She said, no. He went back home and jumped the fence back in the same way he got out. <laughs> so the bull brought the guy to buy the bay. <laughs> exactly. And she said, I will tell you this, that could only have been God answering prayer. She said, Amen. there is no reason at all that bull should have jumped its fence made its way to my property, broken down my fences, and brought his owner here <laughs> to buy my hay. <laughs> that's awesome. Can I just say, that story is all the better because of the southern accent. And you don't always have that accent, but I know it's there. And the, you telling it with that accent just makes it like golden. Let's just try something on this side of the room. Okay, Sandy. All right. Thank you, Mark, right there. I'm Sandy Campbell, and this happened about maybe 15 years ago, but it solidified my trust in, in God answering my prayers. And it, I was in a Bible study where um, somebody was teaching that we shouldn't always buy things for ourselves, that we should allow God to buy them for us. And I thought that was kind of weird, but um, she said there was a book that she wanted, and and she told how God provided it. And as soon as she said book, I remembered that there was a book that I really wanted. And it was um, my utmost for his highest because I had the old version, but I wanted the new one that was in a little better English that I could understand. And so I said, okay, God, I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to I'm going to let you give it to me. And it was only a week later that in the mail, I got that book, and right now I'm going through those shivers again that I got when I first saw it, and um, it was from a lady that I barely knew. I hadn't seen her for many months. She had no idea what I needed or what I was asking God for, and of course it was amazing to me, and I got down on the floor and worshiped him and thanked him. Amen. But even more than that, the lesson I learned was that woman had heard from God to send me that specific book, Amen. and she did it. And it made such a difference in my life. And, you know, there's always times when God tells us to do something kind of ridiculous that we kind of go, eh, I don't think so. I don't think that was really God. But, man, I think we should trust that it's God because it can make such Amen. a big difference in someone's Amen. life. That's a kind of a, I still have my leather strap on my wrist because it's just something that reminds me every day to do whatever he's telling me to do. So uh, we're going to have to, we're gonna, uh, Joan, I would love to hear from you. 
Um, this is a, just an incredible woman of God. Um, I do want to say, I'm, these stories are, I anticipated a very different sort of thing, but I'm fine with what God's doing because these have been great stories. So we're only going to get like one, maybe two more, okay? Um, I, um, first of all, have to give credit where credit is due. Karina and Kathy over there and um, the Bible study women prayed for me, um, I go into jail. And speaking is not my forte, as you can tell. Um, and, and so having clarity of mind to know what, who's going to come in when I go into jail. Sometimes they'll come in, everybody's got their Bible, and they teach me. I mean, they're so rooted and grounded in the Word of God, and they're exhorting each other and building yeah. each other up, and they're awesome. And then other times they come in, and they're just anxious to get out of the tank for an hour and a half. And so it's really hard for me to have, I have Joel Pelly's mind, where I have so much in my brain that, oh, well, I could do this, or I could do that, and God, I need clarity. And... Um, and then a long time ago, Cheryl Wordlius says, well, you need a little story to hook them. And I didn't have a story this Saturday. It was just a couple Saturdays ago. I didn't have the introductory story. I, I hadn't gotten any clarity at all on what direction I was going to go with these ladies. And, and so, a lot, so all, I was also praying, well, sometimes they'll give me a hint as to what they need, you know, what's on their mind. And, They'll ask me questions, so I prayed for a question, and and then then my husband and I have we have a two-year-old grandson, and he's adorable, and his parents love the Lord, and they've brought him up really great, and we were babysitting him, and he was supposed to sleep through the night, and lo and behold, he wakes up at 1:30 in the morning, and he goes, "Snuggle, Grandpa," and I go, "Well, Grandpa's not in bed yet, and come over here, Henry." So Henry comes in, and he tucks his head right next to my neck and he's cold and I'm just like having compassion for him and just enjoying that and I'm like thinking of John the the disciple that Jesus loved and just yeah. how much how just John just leaned into to Jesus and how Henry was leaning into me and even though it was one three in the morning and I'm teaching and the next morning I'm like oh just love us so much, you know, and Amen. oh, you know, he loves, Henry loves me back, and, and I want to be John, I want to be like that with yeah. the Lord, and so I go into jail, and we get two ladies, and, and um, the one on the left is, is young, and she's crying, and, and the one in front of me asks, I'm just so sick of my life, I want you know, I really want to change. So I got that, that question, you know, and they're just babes in the Lord. And then I start teaching about Henry and how Henry just presses in. And Henry asks and wants a snuggle, and he'll cuddle in. Amen. And a woman on my left starts weeping, and I find out that um, she's in for domestic violence, and her one-month-old had been taken away from her. And... God just, and then I do a Kimberly Jackson, and I'm just like exhorting. And <laughs> you become a verb, Kimberly. <laughs> Seriously, and and 
just the spirit, you know, and it's like I had prepared all this stuff, and, and the Lord's giving me verses, and anyway, isn't God great? It's awesome. Yes. Isn't God great? Amen. Amen. Okay. I, I know we've got a lot of people. I need, I just want one more, but it's got to be from the 21 days of prayer thing, okay? I'm sorry, but we've got a whole cheering section for Amber over here. So let's do Amber, and then, and then we've, we've, it's got to be fairly short. I don't want to, we're already past the time that we've been releasing in the last several months, and I just don't want to go too much later, but this is too good, okay? Sorry, you guys. Who I didn't call on, sorry. Okay, so first off, God um, put on my heart to pray to have his will during the 21 days of prayer. It was like, you know, instead of being like, okay, like, I'm going to pray for my students, which I try to do every day, and I kind of suck out, so I get them like, you know, maybe every other day. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to pray. Like, I set my little alarms on my phone. I was like, okay, I'm going to pray morning, noon, and night, and before bed, like, God, give me your will. And then sometimes it was like, give me your will to do your will. And this month really sucked. Like, it was not fun. And I was like, okay, well, I think that means I'm doing something right because life just got exponentially harder. Um, so I'm, I'm still not quite sure what he's doing with that. Um, I'm going to tell some quick answered prayer stories. So a little over a year ago, I was pitching an absolute fit in my room going, okay, God, I suck at dating and I'm done, and I mean it this time. I, I, I've been burned one too many times, I'm completely over it, and I'm going to be alone, so give me something to do, because I better live my life for you. And I just was crying and being totally like, you know, that 90s girl writing bad poetry. There may have been some eyeliner involved and crying in the mirror, you know. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna write down what I would like in a guy, but I'm not gonna get one, so I just should get it out of my system. And I wrote down that I wanted someone who loved God. And I wanted someone who loved my mom. And I wanted someone who cared about my family. And someone who was funny. And someone who was really weird, but like the fun kind of weird, not that I want to call the cops weird. Because <laughs> I've been through that one, and that one's not fun. <laughs> so I'm just like writing in this. It was like a pink floral journal, too. It was bad, guys. Um, and I write all this stuff down, and then I get like angry, and I like throw it, and I'm like, okay, fine, I'm going to bed. And then a few months later, uh, I start volunteering for youth group, and apparently Kurt and Julie had told someone else to also volunteer to work in youth group. And I sat next to this person I had never seen before, and I'm like, all right, who's this guy? He looks strange, I've never seen him in the building before, but I don't know everybody, okay. And he like kind of looks at me and stiffens up, and I'm just like, is my church. <laughs> and then uh, a few months later, we start dating, and I find out he is everything I had prayed for, which was a little creepy, and I didn't really feel like God would quite call me out that way. I actually saw the list, and I know the guy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> this is not like generalized stuff. This was very Amber-specific, yeah. <laughs> which is its own kind of specific, okay? Yeah, it's like it's, yeah, it's weird, but... So even though all your prayers don't get answered, and all my prayers have not been answered, when you truly are willing to let go of what you want and go, okay, God, what do you want for me? You may actually get it. It's not a Thank prayer you, vending Jesus. machine, but it's... Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Obviously, there are more. Well, yeah, well, she's engaged to this guy. 
Yeah. So, uh, communion. That's what I was asking. I know I went too fast. Uh, so, um, we're just going to, well, thank you. I don't know what you had planned, but why test the tech anymore anyway, right? So, um, yes, what? Well, that's what I was just going to say. Uh, would you please, if you had a story about this answered prayer, uh, what's the hashtag? Somebody's better at this. 21 days prayer? Okay, something like that. Just keep it, but, but stick it on Facebook, okay? And if you would please, when you do that, please send it to us at the office, okay? Because I would love to post this and to share this in a way that gets out there to people for them to see that God answers prayer, okay? Uh, thank you, Lord, for what you did here today. Thank you for how you did it. In Jesus' holy and precious name, God, we are in the palm of your hand in all moments for all things. So in Jesus' most magnificent name, God, we're asking you right now that you would continue to open that window to strengthen our resolve to actually do this. Just because 21 days is over, you're not and we're not. In Jesus' holy and precious name, God, show us how to walk into the truths, the promises, the answered prayer, the things that you want. Lord, in Jesus' name, we take this bottom cup in which is a life that has been broken by choices that were our own and not what you had for us, not the better things. If you do not know the Lord, this is such a gorgeous time to receive him because everybody knows that they've made choices that weren't necessarily the best. If you want to heal that, if you want to get that right, if you want to go a different direction, this is your moment. And so in Jesus' name, all of us together, we take our finger and we put it down in that cup and we break that, reminding ourselves that we broke our lives. But God, you heal them. You don't just patch them up. You make them brand new and better than ever. So in Jesus' holy and precious name, we take this together saying, thank you, God. You not only answer prayer, you heal in every way. In Jesus' name. And God, we lift this second cup in which is the life that you intend. It is a life that is waiting for us. Not one thing has to be done. Not one. Save that we would receive. And so in Jesus' holy and precious name, we lift up the life that you have for us that is radically different than the one that we know. And we say as we take this cup, God, I want the life that you have for me to be the life that I'm leading. Line me up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Take this cup together. Thank you, Lord. A very interesting day from start to finish. Thank you, Lord. I hope that that was good for you. It's, I love those stories. I love what God's doing. I love you. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, make your face to shine upon us. Make your will to become ours. Make our lives to become yours. In Jesus' holy and precious name, walk us out of here. You, in Jesus' name, amen. Love you very much.